Jo. One more number for you, which uh, probably be a relief. There's just one sermon today. <laughs> Good. I want to read from John chapter 13. It's a very well-known um, story or happening, and really to encourage you, it's Jesus washing the disciples' feet, really to encourage you to, to listen. Because we know this so well that we can miss something. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying with them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Just the background for this passage of scripture, that Jesus was uh, on his way into Jerusalem and he was aware that there was a discussion going on between the disciples on who was going to be greatest, who was going to be the greatest. And really, you, could, you would have thought that Jesus would have given them a lecture. There's no record in Scripture of Jesus giving lectures, actually. He brought teaching, but he could, we'd probably have a conference now on leadership, wouldn't we? And uh, 
give lots of wise advice and everything, but Jesus didn't do that. He decided to, to give them a lesson that I'm sure that they would remember for the rest of their lives. This was the last night when Jesus would be with his disciples. The last opportunity, one of the last opportunities, if you like, that he'd have for discipleship training. How we need discipleship training in these days. We're called to make disciples. The Jehovah's Witnesses actually work harder making their disciples than many churches. But we're called to be disciples, learners, people that are on a journey and growing spiritually and learning more and becoming stronger in our faith. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of this love. And surely, 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 this was a lesson that they would never forget. If I ask you for the most memorable meal that you've ever had, I wonder where it would be. I was thinking about this uh, and talking to Scylla about it at breakfast time this morning. And I was on dangerous ground, really, because it really needed to be one that she cooked. <laughs> but uh, I think it was when I was going across Norway many years ago on a train across the glaciers. And uh, I booked in for a meal, and I had a meal of uh, fresh trout. Just going on this train on this most beautiful scenery and uh, with this just perfect meal. But didn't make the impact upon me that this meal would have done if I'd have been there. First of all, we begin with wisdom. Jesus, of course, had divine wisdom. We're told he knew that his father had put all things under his power. He knew that he had authority. At this moment in his ministry, he knew that he had all authority. He knew that he had come from God. Excuse me. <coughs> he knew his identity. He knew that he was divine. He knew that he was the son of God. He wasn't in any doubt at all. It wasn't sort of something that he had an idea about. He knew. And he knew his destiny. He knew that he was returning to God. After 33 years, he was going home. And he knew that. And there must have been something within him which just thought, I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to go home. Although he knew that he had something to accomplish before. Jesus had wisdom that caused him to know these things. I want to say to you that, that you can have wisdom. That you can have divine wisdom. It's available to you. James, in James it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God and it will be given. We just need to ask. And if you ask 
wisdom, like Jesus, you can have authority. Delegated authority. The authority of Jesus, which is imparted to believers. And there's no greater authority. The most powerful people on this planet are Christians. The most powerful people in Wilton are you. You have authority. You have an identity, not as the Son of God, but as a child of God. The moment that you were born again, if you have been born again, the moment that you were born again, you became a child of God. You're in the family. You've got an identity. And like Jesus, you've got a destiny. You're heaven bound. You're going home one day. We don't know when, but we're going home. And the day will come when it will be time to go home. That's the wisdom that Jesus had and which is available to you and to me if we're believers. And then we come to the washing. So I'll just read a couple of verses again. So Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Not told of any reaction that happened as he did that. But he just got up and did it. Let me tell you about the tradition in the, the Middle East for, for a meal. And it's not really changed very much. That if there's a banquet, you have an invitation. You get invited to a banquet. And it's normal to have a bath before you go. It's a different climate to us, different practice. Normally, have a bath before you go. And when you get to the place where the meal was at, that in those days there would be two slaves there. There'd be two slaves just inside the door with water, a bowl of water, and a towel. And the first slave would untie your sandals. Wouldn't take them off yourself. They would untie your sandals, a mark of respect or tradition. And the second slave, the lowest slave, would then wash your feet. These slaves would be Gentiles. They wouldn't be Jews. Jews were not, it wasn't something that they would, they would do. This would be for Gentiles. And 
That's what would happen. And that's what didn't happen. They turned up to a special meal. And they went in. And the slaves weren't there. And you can imagine the disciples thinking, where are the slaves? But no one thought that they would do the job of the slave. Nobody moved until Jesus moved. And I want to remind you who Jesus was and who Jesus is. We're talking about Emmanuel, God with us. We're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're talking about the Lord of heaven and earth. We're talking about our Creator. We're talking in terms, this side of Calvary, of our Redeemer, our Saviour, our strength, our shield. We're talking about God himself. This was the man that the disciples were having their meal with. Emmanuel. Do you know that's a word that we often here at Christmas. It's just fantastic, isn't it? Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus removed the clothes of a rabbi and put on the garb of a slave. He dressed like a slave. He acted like a slave. But not just any slave the lowest slave. John the Baptist has said, I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. What he was really saying was, I'm not worthy to be the first slave. I need to be the lowest slave. Not worthy to untie his sandals, but to wash his feet. And that's what Jesus was doing. He demonstrated complete humility. Humility is a mark of true leadership. Not very obvious in the culture in which we live, in the leadership that we have in this nation. But actually, that the, the most powerful, gifted, effective leaders, there will be humility there. And Jesus was the perfect example. When I was in business uh, years ago, if I uh, went to chief office as I did from time to time, I would go and see the chief executive and different people there and I would know where I was by the pile in the carpet or the size of the office or 
You know, just the general decor there. Well, some of them were more humble than others, but some of them were actually quite egotistical. That's not leadership. If you want an example of a, a leader in modern times, perhaps Nelson Mandela is someone. If you read about him. But it's not about being promoting yourself. It's actually coming along and serving. Good leadership, servant who leads and the leader who serves. What does a pastor need to be? A pastor needs to have humility. And know that they're there to serve. And to set an example. We come to Jesus' words when he finished washing their feet. He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? They often didn't understand, did they? They got it later, perhaps. They often didn't understand. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. I wonder if the disciples who were squabbling about who was the greatest got the message as they heard those words. I didn't know that this was the leadership that I'd signed up for. Do you understand? Our Lord humbled himself completely. He set you, he set me an example. And this isn't just about foot washing. Now sometimes uh, some churches uh, have some fairly uh, elaborate foot washing services. And... Uh, People get their talc out before they go and get their feet nice and clean. And it's all arranged and it's all very, very clean. This isn't about foot washing. This is about meeting someone else's need. This isn't about doing your friends a favour. This is about doing something for someone that you've been prompted by the Lord and it may be someone that you find difficult. And it may be something you don't really want to do. I don't suppose that Jesus was particularly excited about washing 12 pairs of dirty feet because they would have been dirty. They would have walked there along the streets and there would have been all sorts of stuff in the streets. They would have been dirty feet. And <coughs> we're called to if you like to get our hands dirty as Christians, to think, who can we help? Who can we serve? Who can we bless? And there is no one inferior 
to you or me. There is no one inferior. Whoever we are mixing with or considering doing something, they're made in the image of God. And we're there to, to, to value them even though we may not enjoy them. But when a church learns this lesson, community happens. And what this church needs, what every church needs, is community. That is one of the most evangelistic things that can happen. People out there, many people out there, they're just lonely. They're, the community that was there years ago isn't there. And church should demonstrate community. And when people come in, that they're just amazed that someone will do something for them. This is about meeting someone else's need. This is about serving outside of your comfort zone. When did you last do that? Did you ever do something for someone outside of your comfort zone? Someone that you found a bit difficult? Something that you really didn't want to do? If you can remember such a happening, I'm sure that you can also remember feeling blessed afterwards. It's time to get out of our comfort zone. It's time for us to discover again the joy of serving each other. It's time for us to Remember the wonderful example of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and how he was prepared to get dirty and to say, Lord, I want to follow your example. I want to be like you. I want to please you. I want to live outside of my comfort zone. I want to start an adventure. And with God's enabling in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will just begin to experience life in all its fullness. In this church and beyond. Amen.